This week in the parish of bourses and market structure. National Stock Exchange ordered back to school. Hong Kong exchanges open their office in New York City. And Euronext exits Clearnet. My name is Patrick L. Young. Welcome to the Bourse Business Weekly Digest. It's a landmark, a little landmark for Exchange Invest. The Exchange Invest Weekly Podcast celebrates its 200th episode today. Welcome. Good day, ladies and gentlemen. This is a very brief reduction of highlights amongst the key headlines from the week in market structure. All the analysis of the many events and happenings from the past seven days can be found in Exchange Invest's daily subscriber newsletter, the unique guide to the bourse business sent daily to your inbox. More details at exchangeinvest.com where you can sign up for a panoply of offers, our daily newsletter for subscribers only paying a free weekend newsletter, more about macro topics than exchanges per se, which is published on Saturday. And also, separately, if you only want to know about what's going on in the world of digital asset and crypto exchanges, we have our substack, BitCarnage. More details on all three at exchangeinvest.com. This week in BitCarnage, fighting legal fire with fire proved unhelpful to SBF, Binance and more, despite their expensive star legal teams. It was all a mirage, said the FTX liquidator of SBF's deluded empire of effective altruism, or fraud, as Mr. Ray seems to prefer terming it. Meanwhile, Binance exited territories in the last week alone, Austria and Belgium, while being excoriated in the Brazilian parliament on top of multiple jurisdiction departures from Australia to the United Kingdom in recent weeks. If you enjoyed this excerpt, you may be interested to know that you can read BitCarnage every day in Exchange Invest. Alternatively, if you want to follow just BitCarnage alone, the daily update on happenings in the world of crypto and digital asset market structure, then you can find BitCarnage as a standalone on Substack. Hong Kong exchanges, they celebrated the opening of their New York office, supporting clients across North America in the course of the past week. And the Hong Kong exchanges CEO, Nicholas Agazan, was in very ebullient mode, expecting investment in China to grow massively as he hit the gong to officially inaugurate the new US office. Of course, that's all against a background of where Hong Kong is expecting to cash in on dual currency trading. And meanwhile, a South China Morning Post editorial surmises the Hong Kong exchange's opportunity perfectly, and I quote, a confluence of trade, economics and geopolitics drives the acceleration of Huan internationalization. As a -a one-of-a-kind investment centre, the city is poised to ride with this irresistible tide. Totally 100% agree with that, no doubt about it. Meanwhile, also 100% in agreement with Bundesbank and BNP. Yes, even the Buba and French leading bank are now warning about the forcible resettlement of clearing inside the Eurozone in a week where the European Commission continues to do its spurned spouse dance without applying logic. Beyond the EC's ongoing adventures in Loopy, there was another London-centric mega-development with Brexit ramifications. The protectionist EU has just shut out Indian CCPs, causing all manner of chaos to European banks. Thus, the UK is 
thanks to its unilateral actions, ignoring the strictures of Brussels, leading with an initiative to recognise the RBI, that's the Reserve Bank of India, regulated CCPs of the Indian subcontinent, and de facto strengthening London's financial centre and the core cosmopolitan clearing infrastructure, the most cosmopolitan infrastructure on Earth, which operates from the City of London, thus throwing more shade on the deeply protectionist blinkered quasi-monocurrency clearing infrastructure of the European Union. Over in Thailand, the Board of Governors of SET, they've approved a sweeping revamp of SETs and MIs listing regulations. That's for the main board and the emerging market itself for SMEs. They're strengthening supervision to enhance the quality of listed companies. This is, of course, driven by one headline alone, which will surmise what's been going on recently. Default and 99% stock crash by Thailand's Stark raise alarm. That was a news.com.au headline, incidentally, discussing a company which has collapsed truly into the doldrums over the course of just an 18-month period. Meanwhile, further around the corner in Southeast Asia, the feud with Singapore Exchange is now over. And the world's largest derivatives exchange, National Stock Exchange of India, has ended up with a key partner in SGX within the gift city infrastructure for the internationalization of Nifty 50 futures. SGX, you'll recall, actually had a massive market share in overseas trading of Nifty 50 from Singapore, but was being restricted due to various curious Indian politicking strictures. The rather hollow war driven by protectionism has ended up with PM Modi's Gift City Financial Centre being further internationalised with what was SGX's successful international Nifty 50 futures options complex. Over in Papua New Guinea, they're welcoming capital market reforms, a new corporate covenants code to enhance standards for listed companies, and it the ASX versus SIBO battle. SIBO's new CEO in Australia, Emma Quinn, has stepped up the challenge to ASX domination. Good luck to Emma Quinn at a time when the ASX deserves to be defenestrated as its C-suite reshuffles resemble titanic deck chair rearrangement after the iceberg hit. Equally, it's only fair to give a huge shout out to Michael Akins, whose team of ace technologists within the former Chi-X Australia, delivered a stunningly smooth upgrade to the SIBO tech stack in pretty much record time. Finally, in the big stories of the week, the Spanish CSD Iberclear has added the Belgian market to its cross-border services. It was a busy week for deals in the parish this week. All the deals were in Exchange Invest Daily, the newsletter no person can afford to be without in capital markets and market structure. For the sake of this podcast, let's look at some edited highlights. NASDAQ, they're looking to sell debt worth around $5 billion. That's the start of the funding for the Adenza deal. They're looking to sell senior notes worth $4.25 billion and €750 million, respectively. Look out for the full pricing data on that, I would imagine, in our next podcast. And if you're impatient for the pricing data, well, don't forget, it's all going to be covered in Exchange Invest Daily. Monday through Friday, only $349 per user year. Meanwhile, Euronext have announced the sale of their 11.1% stake in LCHSA, that was what was formerly ClearNet, to LCH Group Holdings Limited. Thus, for an amount of $111 million, making ClearNet worth around billion, 
It's not clear what the future is for the former ClearNet, but understandably, Euronex no longer needs their stake after being gifted a discount price on Borsa Italiana as the misguided Refinitiv merger led to a jettisoning of core European Union exchange assets by out of his depth Dave, the CEO of the LSEG, and his team. LSCH, on the other hand, is in some ways seen as the last bastion of common sense within the LSEG group. So good luck with their continental European approach, whatever it may be. And indeed, if you're trying to understand better your approach on any continent, or indeed possibly even in the whole ether sphere of markets, you ought to be looking at my most recent book, Victory or Death, Blockchain Cryptocurrency in the Fintech World. It's published by DV Books, and it's available by distribution through Ingram Worldwide. Meanwhile, while you're waiting for your copy of Victory or Death to arrive, check out our live stream, Tuesday, 6pm London time, 1 o'clock New York time. It's the IPO video live show. You can catch the back episodes on LinkedIn and YouTube via IPO-vid. Now online was last week's epic show, IPO vid live stream 112, Ira Harris, Patience is a Virtue. It's rare that we get the chance to talk to someone who's been consistently a mega profitable trader over the course of a half century. A solid 46-year track record and more of trading in some of the toughest derivatives markets in the world. It was a joy chatting to Ira. You may want to catch that show again, even if you're feeling out of it on Tuesday, because, of course, it's July the 4th in the United States of America, which means Independence Day, and therefore we're not going to be having a show this week but there will be a show coming up on july the 11th which will be ipo vid livestream 113 with scott shelady another veteran of the chicago pits will be chewing the market cud with the cow guy meanwhile our finance book of the week this week we've been choosing for the course of the last month or so interesting books pertaining to exchanges and markets investment at all thanks to reader requests as to what they should be reading and this week's book is a cracker written by our IPO vid guest on episodes 36 and 43 crypto dad christopher jan carlo crypto dad is the name of his book it's an insider's account of the rise of digital money and currencies it's jan carlo's own personal story detailing his foray into the world of Wall Street all the way through to his tenure as the 13th chairman of the United States Commodity Futures Trading Commission, where he pushed for the agency to recognize the digitalization of markets. Crypto Dad argues that the next digital wave will be the coming Internet of Value, where cryptocurrencies will do what the Internet of Information did to immaterial things, make them accessible, distributable and movable instantly across the globe. Our next book of the week will be unveiled on Saturday in the Exchange Invest Weekend Edition. And don't forget, if you want all the news on the bourse business sent daily to your inbox, subscribe to Exchange Invest via exchangeinvest.com. It's only $349 per user year to join the Exchange of Information. In product news this week, Perth Mint are facing more scrutiny as a federal Australian parliamentary inquiry has been launched after the gold doping saga. Looks 100% likely there's going to be a lot of ramifications over what happened over the melting down to 49's quality of the Perth Mint output. Also in product news this week, Croatian Power Futures are going to be starting trading soon on the EEX.
In technology news, MCX, the multi-commodity exchange of India, they saw their shares fall as they cancelled the mock trading session for the new trading platform on the course of Saturday of last weekend. That left the stock very, very volatile. They managed to get together a mock session on Sunday. But nonetheless, while the stock recovered, investors remain jittery over just whether or not TCS will finally be able to deliver their much-delayed replacement system to the legacy 63 Moons technology. The blame game rages over ASX's failed chess system blockchain upgrade, notes Cointelegraph, and frankly everybody looks tarnished in this sorry mess and some will clearly feel unjustly treated, but when you spend or receive hundreds of millions of dollars, it's difficult to blame the other party for all your woes. This kind of fiasco takes organisation, ladies and gentlemen, to remind you of the old line attributed to Bob Hope on being stranded in London during a 1970s megastrike and asked if he blamed the Prime Minister. Finally, in technology this week, the Hanoi Exchange, HNX, they're going to be launching a new bond trading system they developed in-house. The processing capacity of the system is going to be able to reach 20 to 30 million commands per second, allowing it to handle 15 to 20,000 orders per second. Regulation news this week, NSE, the National Stock Exchange of India, and its NCL clearing arm have settled the trading glitch case with SEBI. They've paid 72.64 crore rupee, but more swinging still are some of the punishments on the individuals involved. SEBI has ordered back-to-school and community services for the exchange and clearing house chiefs, both past and present. Gosh, back to school for executives in the exchange parish. What a marvellous idea. We could certainly nominate a few dozen more parish execs who could fundamentally benefit from understanding their markets better. Do please drop us a DM if you can think of anybody you would like to send as an exchange executive back for re-education. Thanks for listening to Exchange Invest Weekly. We welcome your feedback. You can contact me directly, patrick at derivativesvision.com with any comments. Meanwhile, if you enjoyed this show, we would welcome you giving us a thumbs up. Or if you have time, a positive review will always be welcome wherever you find this podcast. Career paths this week, uh, the FIA EPTA, Proprietary Trading Group, have re-elected Mark Spanbrook as chairman. It's going to be apparently his final term, but nonetheless, that organisation has been hugely shaped by Mark, and we applaud him for what he's managed to do with the organisation. Meanwhile, Nasdaq announced the results from their 2023 annual meeting of shareholders. No surprises whatsoever. Adina Friedman, as chairman of the board, was re-elected. She's also, of course, chief executive officer, as were all of the other existing directors. The Jamaica Stock Exchange, their chairman as well, Mr. Julian Mayer, was re-elected as chairman of the board and Stephen Whittingham re-elected as deputy chairman at a board of directors meeting on June the 22nd, 2023. Finally, Vale Harry Markovitz, the father of modern portfolio theory, died at 95 during the course of the last week. Farewell then, Harry Markovitz. You truly revolutionised investment by demonstrating how a portfolio could maximise returns yet reduce overall risk. Another genius born in Chicago dies having made all our lives immeasurably richer. 
Meanwhile, for those of you surprised that Mad Vlad suddenly had a challenge to his rule this week, you clearly haven't been reading Exchange Invest's Big World column. On the macro-political front, I made a Big World call as recently as Tuesday the 13th of September last year. Is it curtains for Mad Vlad? I pondered and I followed that up with some further reasoning in the next day's issue on 14th of September 2022, EI2453 and 2454 respectively. If you're a subscriber and you want to pop back and have a look, Clearly last weekend, that whole prognosis took a great leap forward. Let's remember Gorbachev lasted barely five months after fighting off his hardline coup. How long has Vlad got? I don't know, but I did tell you, to much derision in some quarters, that his empire would soon fall apart during the course of Q4 last year. Q more shouting, but in the weeks months to come, Vlad's imperial reign is toast. And remember, it's never too late to subscribe via exchangeinvest.com so that you can join the water cooler of the Bourse business, the exchange of information, and get some peripherally useful big world data along the way. And on that mysterious and magnificent note, ladies and gentlemen, this is Patrick L. Young, creator of exchanges the world over, advisor to many leading exchanges worldwide, always interested in all manner of new and exciting deals in the exchange world, while also being the publisher of Exchange Invest, the exchange of information. I wish you all a great week in blockchain, life and markets. And thanks to all the team for the 200th episode of this podcast and the 199 previous episodes, which have all come out so successfully. This show relates to the business of bourses. It is not to be construed as investment advice, nor are we making any investment recommendations. Please consult an investment advisor before you make any investments, and for goodness sake, do your due diligence and do not make investments without complying with the regulations in your home state. Exchange Invest cannot be held responsible for any investment decisions made as a result of our program, which is for entertainment purposes only. The material herein is copyright Patrick L. Young at the date of publication, while our music and sound effects are sourced from copyright-free sources. Thanks for listening to Exchange Invest Weekly, the exchange of information.